This episode is sponsored by Magic Mind. When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's it, everybody. We are back, and this is the HTML All The Things Podcast. This episode does not have a title, and the reason why it does not have a title, it will when you're listening to it, is because it's the return of the blind questions. So if you don't know what that is, uh, it isn't an official series name or anything, but basically I come up with a list of questions that I'm going to ask Mike. I have my opinions on them as well, of course, but then Mike has not seen the, the, the title of the episode. He doesn't know anything about this episode. I just told him I had the notes on my phone, and we're going to ask him his questions completely sort of live as of this recording anyway to get his impressions on them. So if this sounds interesting to you and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon, leave a review rating on your podcast tab, join us in our Discord server, share this with your friends, and remember that we also do have a Scrimba discount link if you want to go and check them out and learn from their interactive media player code editor go check that out our link will be in the show notes as well as the show description if your podcast app supports hyperlinks so i have a spread of questions here this is the first episode that we're recording specifically in 2024 so i have a list of questions here and they're not all like hey it's the new year what are you doing and whatever some of them are but a lot of them are just sort of scattered across different uh, topics and different, I don't know, walks of life or maybe walks of career for different different uh, web developers, like whether you're a senior dev or not. So let's just jump right in, I think. And let's jump into the first question here. It is about portfolio. So, Mike, when building out your portfolio, is it better to stick with a side hustle or to have a variety of different projects in the portfolio based on showcasing different skills. So for example, if someone goes, okay, I now am confident in my skills. I'm, I, I want to get a job, but I want to also potentially build a business or build a side hustle. So what I'll do is I'll just build out a SaaS or whatever it is. And that'll be my portfolio project because that'll showcase a bunch of different skills, but those skills aren't tailored to the different areas that a job post might have. Those, those areas are tailored to what the business needs, what the side hustle needs versus someone that goes, hey, a lot of the people in my area want Svelte. I'll do a Svelte project. A lot of the people want Svelte plus React as well sometimes. Okay, I'll do a Svelte project and then a React project. Oh, some of the people want me to manipulate media. They want me to be able to play music and manipulate music and make my own media player. Okay, I better build something like that. So a tailored multi-project portfolio or a side hustle when you're building out your portfolio what do you think is best Ooh, that's a good question uh okay so i think the tailored approach is best where you find what jobs you're looking for right so it could be that here here's the most popular jobs in your area it's react next.js all that 
Uh, and that's your hyper focus. You're like, okay, I want to make a portfolio that will appeal to those companies. I appeal to those hiring managers, appeal to those engineers. And then you go and deep dive into the different aspects of next and make like three projects. I always say like at least three, I would say like one is if you're going the like the SaaS route, I guess that you mentioned and you only have one project on your portfolio. I mean, if it's a sick project that like is literally making money and it's really well written, I could see that still being successful. But the reality is, is like you're probably going to want at least a few on there just because you're not going to hit everything in one. Like you might want like, okay, I'm doing some canvas manipulation in this project. I'm doing some standard to-do list thing, like CRUD operations in this project. And the third one, maybe like, I'm just going to do a sick design and just create a really slick, minimalistic website or something. I don't know. Like that's a good kind of spread to me for a front-end developer uh, that could that could like show the skills and the, the not only the skills, but the 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 breadth of knowledge that you can acquire and how quickly you can kind of spin up on, in different technologies. If you go just one route and if it is a SaaS, it's probably going to have a limited set of stuff. Like you're going to, you know, probably have an e-commerce component to it. That's good. But are you going to have any of the web application integrations or third party stuff that maybe the company is looking for? And you just miss out on capturing those if you just go the one project route for your portfolio. So Overall, again, focused, as focused as you can be to the jobs that you want and are available to you. Like the cross section there is really important, right? Like if you're looking for a, a Svelte job, but there's no Svelte jobs in the your job board or in around your network, the fact that you want a Svelte job is of less like less priority rather than like, hey, I want a Svelte job. But Next.js is the thing that's like more popular in my area. And that's adjacent to Svelte. So maybe I'll go to Next.js. I'll learn it as best I can and I'll create the portfolio around it. Maybe still fiddle around with Svelte so that you could say, hey, I have this other framework in my portfolio and in my toolbox. But I know that Next.js is the thing that's going to land me the job. So I'm going to focus on that and get those projects in there. So you have to be very aware of that reality of like what is currently in demand and what your network or what your current job market can accommodate. So I do have a follow-up question, actually, I thought of. I have my my answer as well, but I do have a follow-up that I do want to ask you. And that is, so a lot of the time in a portfolio website, you have the person's name, and this is just a really rough layout for the fact of an audio show. We have the person's name, you have, you know, what they are, I'm a front-end dev, I'm a full-stack dev, whatever. And then you have a list of the actual projects that are in there for their portfolio projects, right? What if it wasn't listed by portfolio projects? What if it was listed by skill? What I mean by that is if you do have a side hustle that does have a lot of different things in it. So for example, Mike, you worked on a project and I worked on a project actually as well with you years ago that was a website, was a web app, but it also had some infrastructure attached to it. And it also had an Android component with it as well, in which the camera part of the app, and I'll keep details anonymized, but the camera part of the app was effectively an, a, a native Android app that was you know kind of imported in and it worked with it. And again, I'll anonymize details there. So the question is, in that particular case, would it make sense to go, oh, hey, you know, here's my web development skills. Here's my Android skills. Here's this. They're all in the same project, but I'm not listing projects. I'm listing skills with references to the skills. Would that fly 
is that too atypical? Like, what do you think on that? I think something like that could work. Uh, like, you're essentially developing an ecosystem for one particular project, one SaaS. And like I said, if you create a killer SaaS or a killer project that is successful and obviously well-written, that will probably put you ahead of a lot of people because you've proven that not only can you architect something, you can build it out, execute, and then maintain, right? All those things are really big when you're getting hired. And if you then document your journey on Twitter or or in a blog post or something like that, that kind of gives you that uh, notoriety and the proof that you need that, that maybe some hiring managers need and want. So it's, it's possible to do it the way that you're saying, Matt. And and the skills thing is an interesting outlook on it too. Like having a little bit of a different portfolio where instead of just having a bunch of projects, you break it down by skills and then the skills will link maybe to the same project, but different areas of that same project. Maybe you break those out into separate little open source applications too. Like I mean, however you want to, however you want to handle that, that could work, but I think that is atypical and a little bit more complicated and maybe harder to achieve properly because just finding that ecosystem or that project that can stretch across all of the different verticals that you need to prove or what you want to prove um it just that might be a challenge in itself you know what i mean like if just you know i sit down sometimes and i'm like what should i make for this like course or for this tutorial and that process of like thinking about hey how do i hit these points like these points of a framework and then create a project around those points and points and make it interesting. That process is actually not easy. I would say like um, one recommendation I have actually is chat GPT can help you with that now. Like, Hey, this is what I want to do in, in, in a project. Like I want to show conditionals. I want to show loops. I want to show state management. Uh, give me like 10 examples of projects I can make that would show those things in a, in a typical web framework. Chat GPT can usually give you some good ideas and direction on that. And I've used it for that before, but Having one that's really complicated in the sense that it's a whole ecosystem that's tied together, unless you're really doing it, would be would be tougher. That's that's my my concern and my recommendation. Not my recommendation, but like my my uh, hesitance to recommend that path path to people. It kind of sounds too like if you're doing a side hustle that you would end up making superfluous, like not business needs. And not business wants, but you'd be making superfluous features to be like, oh, I could show a little more conditional here. Yeah. So all the and then you just sort of have like a menu that's overly complicated or something for no for no real reason anyway. So uh, now my feedback is very similar to yours, Mike. I just think that one of the key questions you should ask yourself before questioning is what your personal goal is as an answer to this question. So what the goal is is sometimes somebody's like, hey, I'm ready to do a job, but I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a rush to get a job. I don't care what the job boards in my area say. I want to work on Svelte and I also want to run a side hustle. And so I'm going to just make the side hustle. I'll throw some resumes out there occasionally and I'll use my side hustle as my portfolio piece and I'll see, you know, what lands. And if it doesn't land, then it doesn't land for people in those in that type of situation, whether they're financially secure or whether maybe the side hustle is helping them subsidize their income or whatever, or they're just not in a hurry for whatever reason, then that's a different situation. In comparison to someone who, let's say, really needs money, but also really would like to do a side hustle, even there comes a point when it's like, okay, you know, my side hustle is going to suffer because I have no money. So maybe it's time to focus on getting a job, right? And then if I focus on that, I'm no longer, you know, focusing 
at the moment on the side hustle, but I'm looking in the job boards. I'm looking at what's available. I'm taking a look at, okay, you know, they want Svelte, they want React, they want this, they want that, they want WordPress, they want PHP, whatever it is, and then they'll tailor themselves. So to me, it's a it's a priority thing, a personal priority thing, a lot of the time where it, it's it's up to you, what do you want? Because I mean, Mike, like you and I have had the conversation a million times where it's like, you usually do the, the more long-term contracts, I do the shorter-term contracts, and I also work on content with Hat, and obviously Hat, sort of like the long game, it's a slow burn, and it's like, if we wanted a lot of money right away, it's like, I could just take on a contract, you could take on a contract, and that's it, but then we've had the discussion of, well, at that point, is it a business, or is it just two people working together, depositing money into the same account? Why would we sort of do that? And so, you know, for us, a priority is, hey, we'd like some independence. We'd like to have a little bit of more control over our destiny. And so we decided to do HAD. And that's why you're listening to this, the listener. And and that's why we have a website and all the rest of it. So it is a, you know, a personal, maybe it's an emotional thing. You can even call it that if you want, but that's more or less where I'm at is choose based upon wherever you're at and what you want to do and what you need to do. Do you need to get a job more? Do you want to do side hustle more? What are you capable of? With the money situation, what are you capable of, like emotionally handling, I suppose, and then make a decision based upon that. Question number two. When should you start your personal website? So I have a sort of two sub questions on this. Before or after schooling? And the second one, I'm going to save until the next thing, because I don't want to convolute this thing. So for somebody who's going through schooling, whether it's post-secondary, secondary, whatever it is, going through a boot, a boot camp, doing a course, getting a certification, whatever it is, they're getting some schooling or even they're, they're even self-teaching themselves over a year or something. They're schooling themselves or they're going to an institution for some sort of education. What do you think for their personal website? Because and the reason why this question is was interesting to me is because a lot of the time, and like Mike, you've we've experienced this like just between us and between friends and stuff. People will get super excited at the prospect of something. If you decide, and I'm sure tons of you in the audience right now have like tried to start YouTube channels with friends. One of the more fun parts of it is you know finding the name, getting a bit of branding going, and getting all the planning going. But then when it comes to actually filming or recording things and editing and release schedules and matching everyone's schedule up so that you're all together for the filming and stuff, the, either sometimes people just don't do it and the planning was the only fun part and no one wants to actually do it, or people don't take it as seriously as you need to and that's where the problems really come from. So... In that same vein, you might be super excited to start your own personal website right away, but if you start it right away as in near the beginning of your schooling, objectively, I would estimate, it would be a worse website than when you're done schooling because you're done, you're going to school for web development and you have new skills and more insight into the industry. So before, after, or I guess during schooling, what do you think? When should you start that that personal website? Yeah, I, I, I lean towards your thought process as well, where I think as when you gain the skills and then the also the knowledge required to like get your first job, like initially when you first start out, you're probably not going to know what the website should even entail, right? Like you might want to create something cool or something that's different, but if like for a personal portfolio website, plus the personal portfolio projects that you have to create on top of that website just going in blindly is probably not the game here. Like that's probably not the play. I would say that you should definitely 
do some sort of research, either a boot camp, formal education, whatever, like whatever path you're going towards uh, web development career, like career and programming, do part of that or most of it, right? Like whatever, whatever steps you need to do. And then as you're starting the job search or as you're feeling confident in the job search, then you start building out your personal portfolio, right? So like you have an idea of, hey, like we just talked about this. Hey, I know that the jobs in my area and the jobs that I want are Next.js. That's what I want. So your personal portfolio is probably going to be in Next.js. Like the reality is, is like that's probably the, the step you're going to take. So again, that's going to be part of your personal portfolio. You can even, I see a lot of people like link the portfolio inside the portfolio uh, as a project, which is a little confusing, but like it, it is a separate project that you've created custom. So it's part, it, it is a portfolio project. So you can put it there and then adding a couple more projects on top of that is good too. Uh, so it's just, you need to be in a place where you understand what your portfolio portfolio should look like before you start creating it. And I don't think you can get there until you're almost ready to like find your first job. Right. Or start or start creating projects that will get you to your first job. So you need to be a little bit more seasoned. And it's the same route with uh, like searching for a job uh, in between jobs. Like I know I've seen a lot of people that like, hey, they get laid off. And that's the time where they're like, OK, I'm pumping that like a bunch of time into my portfolio. I'm going to update my portfolio, recreate my portfolio. So I, that pattern is very common. We all want to be like on top of it and, you know, updating our resume as we're working. But the reality is, is like when we have a job, you're just in, in that zone of like, I, I don't have time for this. Like, and I don't care about this. So it's, it's tough for you to commit a bunch of time to updating your portfolio or creating a portfolio project or anything like that when you're not forced to do it. And when it's not something that is necessary for you right now. And even if you were like, let's say you have a career, you have a job in the, in the space that you're in, if you were to create that project or that portfolio now and then get laid off or want to switch jobs three years down the line, you might have to recreate it anyway because now it's going to be a different industry, a different market. So now like you need to showcase different skills, do different projects. So the closer you are to the job search, the better, in my opinion. So I guess I guess a question there is like, you know, a, a personal website, you know, obviously in, in the context of web developers is going to be a personal portfolio website. But wh when do you think would be appropriate or like, is it appropriate to have it be a personal website as well? So, I mean, what I mean by that is some people just like to blog randomly. Some people will put, you know, their their portfolio projects, obviously, if they're a web developer. But. Do you think there's room in there for both? The reason why I say that is because sometimes in college, let's say you're you're in in the middle of schooling and you're just like, you know, I I you know I've always liked taking pictures. So, I'm going to, you know, take take the odd picture around campus or I'll take the I'll take the the odd picture just in the area around the campus and I like to share them somewhere other than say Instagram or another social media network. Do you think there's space for you know, personal portfolio website, which is what everyone's lean, what everyone leans towards and myself as well, versus like, just like, this is, you know, matt.com or whatever. Like, this is a website for me. And I'm going to talk about how I game and how I make websites and how I, is there room for that? Is that encouraged? What do you think? I think uh, there is room for it, but it shouldn't be the focus if the point of the portfolio is to get you a job. 
So the fo- the focus should be like when when an, an, a hiring manager gets there, they should know what the portfolio is for. Like, hey, this is Matt's portfolio. He's a, looking for a web development job. We don't need to know much else. Like, we don't need to know your age. We don't need to know your address, where you're located. All that is bullshit. Don't put that there. Just put like your current job. It's almost like a resume, really. And hobbies and interests are part of that. It's kind of good to have that kind of balance. And if you wanted to like, for instance, you're a photographer, that would play well with like a gallery component in a portfolio project, right? Like a gallery in a portfolio is great. It's great to show off. And if you have like web development assets that you've created as a photographer, that can be part of your portfolio as like a separate tab. It wouldn't be the first thing that people see is what I'm trying to say. Like you need to make sure that if it's a portfolio project or if it's a portfolio, it needs to be very clearly that when someone lands on the page, otherwise they're going to be like, oh, what the heck is this? This is, this is a gallery, not a portfolio. I'm going to bounce right off. And then they won't consider you as a candidate. Like the, there's very little tolerance and very little patience when you're looking through 600 applications or a thousand applications. So if you click on someone's portfolio and it doesn't look like a portfolio, like they're not, they don't have time to like figure it out. Like, oh, okay, maybe I need to scroll here, click here. Like they don't have time to figure that out. So just be mindful of that. Now I have a, a personal question that also sort of speaks to my answer for this question as well. Um, but before I do that, I actually thought of a, a sub question and that is, what do you think about a, a WIP? So WIP work in progress project. So a progress, uh, excuse me, a project is, is work is a work in progress right now. You don't know how long it's going to take. Do you think that, you know, the, the portfolio website. So, okay, let, let, I'll just say it this way. So let's say like you, you graduate, you do not have a personal portfolio website yet. You're like, okay, I need some portfolio projects. The first one is going to be the portfolio project, you know, or the portfolio website. So let's just say for the, for the sake of you getting started, you spin up a WordPress site, like not even a self-hosted, you, you, you do wordpress.com, you use the service and you write about your experience making your portfolio site. So, you know, a, a custom one, right? You get that custom one up and then you move the content from the wordpress.com over to your personal portfolio website. Do you think that in general, like a work in progress blog post or whatever makes sense, even in the context of, okay, now you're in, you know, your new home, you have your custom website and you're going to start project number two, which is you're going to index all the movies that are on Netflix in your country. I don't know, something, right? You're scraping or whatever the heck you're doing. You're going to figure out all the movies that are there and you're going to have some sort of database web app. Well, do I mention my Netflix database web app? Now, while I'm still conceptualizing it, and and do I do, you know, sort of a blog, not on the WordPress.com, but on the actual custom site now, or do I only mention it when it's done or in at least a version one? When do you think, do you think that people, because you're saying, you know, people, meaning the recruiters, don't want to be clicking around a bunch. Are they going to see an in progress anything as superfluous or are they going to see it as, oh, this is cool. They're they're building in public because that's rather popular now. As a portfolio project, I wouldn't put any conceptual stuff there for sure. Um, if it's a work in progress and there's something to show there, maybe you haven't deployed it yet and you have a GitHub repo with some good documentation, that's something you could put there with a clear indicator that it's work in progress. Um, but I would definitely just 
steer clear of any conceptual like, hey, I have an idea for this kind of thing as a portfolio project. I want to be clear as a blog post. If you have some cool thoughts on how you would build it and you've decided to conceptualize those thoughts into a blog post. I think that has a place in a portfolio, right? Like a, a blog section in a portfolio. I The other thing, like I, I wouldn't like as you're starting to build a custom portfolio, I wouldn't spin up your own other non-custom portfolio. I would just probably post on like Medium or Dev.2 or Hashnode or something like that's perfectly fine. And it's actually a good idea as you're building a portfolio to kind of start building that content up and maybe building an, a little bit of an audience, you know, po- post another other social media and stuff like that. Because then when you post your portfolio, people will already know that you're building it and may, might come and visit it. And who knows, a hiring manager might be there and send you a request. Like, again, it's that networking aspect of this. So it's a good idea. I just, I don't know if I'd like, I, I probably wouldn't spin up another uh, custom, not even custom, but like a templated site just for that. There's plenty of services that'll do it for you. Right. So just using that's why I said WordPress.com, not self-hosted, right? Yeah. Medium's probably even a better option. Like you're saying, it's, it's just because you literally don't have your own blog to write yet, but it might yeah. take you three months, depending on how busy you are and whatever to get it done. So, OK, interesting. So like having kind of having that like blend and sort of like making yourself known and your process known kind of sounds like a good idea in general. Now, I have my answer to this is a concept for my own personal website. I don't have a personal website right now. A lot of Mike and I's portfolio pieces are very old now because we basically started a business, made some portfolio pieces together, and then those are old. Many of them are defunct now, and obviously we're in the industry now, so we don't necessarily really need them. But I would like to have a personal site. And so I kind of thought, you know, maybe one of the projects I'll do to even teach people here on Hat, and maybe I'll build in public or whatever. I don't know. This is a very conceptual idea. But, and bear with me. And this is still relevant. Don't worry. So, Mike, you know that I used to love the BlackBerry Hub. And so like that it, and, and I'll fight anyone to this day that that is the best way to handle notifications on a cell phone. All the modern ones suck. Objectively, they suck. Anyway, in my opinion, that's my honest opinion. So I had this weird idea, potentially weird. I don't know where I was going to make like like a mat, like personal portfolio hub, let's say. And so what I was going to do is because I'm a part of a lot of things. I'm a part of Day on Patch podcast. I will, you know, write the odd article on there or like, I mean, that's few and far between. But even still, like I'll write the odd article, odd article on there. I'll make memes for different, you know, YouTube channels or whatever. I will make little funny videos of my gameplay. I'll do a little virtual photography. Sometimes I'll go out in real life to take photos. And it's all very kind of sporadic. You know, there's no deadlines involved. These are my hobbies. Some of them do relate to web development. And then I would obviously within this like hub, if you will, have my personal portfolio stuff. Now, if you're confusing, like what's this hub or whatever, basically the BlackBerry hub was a thing where you would gesture on your phone. You'd push up and then to the right with your thumb, usually and it would open up all the notifications It'd have all your emails, all your socials. And so instead of a pull down shade, it had this like basically like an app with all your different things. And it was always there. No matter what app you were in, you could do that, that gesture and get to them. And everything was chronological. There were different filters. You could, you know, pinch to see things that are unread. Everything was like completely chronological. No algorithm, no algorithm stuff. And I think it's still available to some extent on Android, although I didn't. I'm not a really a big fan of it on Android. Now, the thing is is that this is the, this is why my idea was sparked like this is I thought well if you have like 
like a huge feed, like a primary feed, which would be like, you know, the mat hub, I guess, of the idea where, you know, oh, today I was in, you know, day one patch podcast episode two, I don't know, whatever. I would post that. I would just have that. And that doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, a full clip or like a big blog post. It could just be like, oh, I was a part of this. Oh, hey, I started this project. Hey, I did this. Hey, I did that. And it's a blog effectively, but it's a hub of all my things chronologically that I've done. Now, a little caveat that I've added in, since Mike has talked is that I would have a different filter or pages for different things. So if I was trying to impress somebody or show somebody web development, there would be a filter slash a page that would be for web development. So they would be, you know, sort of in the site. It'd be like, you know, whatever, mattlawrence.ca slash web development. And that would be like the Matt Hub filter for all the web development things that I've tagged as web development. Is this sort of comprehensive BlackBerry Hub-esque you know, not for notifications, but for notifications on me, I guess. Is that a good idea? Is that a crazy idea? Is it too mixed? Is it not? What do you think, Mike? I guess it depends on the goal, right? Like, it seems to me that your goal is just to create a cool website for yourself that showcases some stuff that you're interested in, not to get a job, mm -hmm. right? Like, your goal is not to be like, hey, I need a job tomorrow, so I am going to create this today to get a job. In which case, I would say, hey, cut out all the stuff that isn't web development related and create a web development thing. Cause that's probably the job you're going to look for. Uh, and that's the fastest way to get there. But as a, as someone that's just trying to create something cool for themselves and has a little bit of nostalgia as aspect with BlackBerry hub and wants to showcase to the world, different hobbies and skills that you have maybe for multiple, multiple reasons, there's nothing wrong with this. Like that's a, it's a great, it's a good, it's a cool little project. Like it's a, it's an interesting showcase of your what's going on in your world right especially if you start automating some of the integrations like it, let's say that uh instead of having to input every single prod every single blog post that you create on hat uh you could you know pull the api from webflow or pull the api from whatever custom thing that we'd create later or and pull maybe the rss feed from the podcast so that it pulls right in like there's a lot of uh possibilities to showcase different skills in this application that right, creates right. a really good portfolio outside like a portfolio project and a portfolio for yourself so it's an interesting concept again for you i say go for it like in your spe specific scenario situation i would say go for it right but it and and it, let's say like, you know, down the road or whatever, I am in the, the, uh, you know, the market for a job. Is it, is it too superfluous of a website? Assuming I have those filters in place. Like, I feel like if the filters are in place, like uh, at the end of the day, this is like a big blog, you know, with filters and stuff like that. But I'm going to, you know, kind of make it, make sure that it's organized in such a way that it's like the, the BlackBerry hub in a way type thing. Um, is that like good enough, like is having, you know, mattlawrence.ca slash web development or whatever web portfolio, whatever it's going to be. Is that enough? Cause the person that I send that to is going to click that link. And if they care at all, they're going to realize, Oh, I'm, I'm not at the homepage of a website. I'm in a website. Then they would click out and see the rest of the things. And maybe they are interested in some of the other things, but if they aren't, I am sending them something that's direct and someone who is busy is not going to even notice. They're just going to be like, oh, yep, yep. Okay, cool. Yep, yep. Okay. Is that still like, is that still good enough or is this, is it too generalized? Is it too, is it too scattered still? Again, it, it depends on what the situation is. Like, let's say you, you create all your projects 
in the next few months for that portfolio for for web development. Everything is kind of curated to whatever you're interested in. And then three years down the line, you're actually looking for a job. Are those projects that you created, even for just the web development side, relevant? Mm. Right? Like, are is it something that's going to get you a job? Like, or is it like old technology that's no longer interesting or maybe like new old technology in the sense that it was like in the zeitgeist at the time and then disappeared into nothingness in three years. So like, right, right. That's why, that's why in the first question that you asked or the second, I can't even remember when to create the portfolio. I said as close to the hiring process as you can so that you can curate the shit out of it. Yeah. Cutting edge that you used. Yeah. yeah. To, to what, to what is required right now. Right. Like if, whether you've written all those blog posts or not before, even that I would curate, be like, OK, this blog post is relevant. Put it in the portfolio. This blog post isn't relevant. Leave it out. You know what I mean? I would curate it. OK, so this is uh, this is interesting because like we have a very old company website because we mostly work via word of mouth now. We don't really need to advertise too much. And like we do hat now as well. So and our portfolio projects are like most of them are dead. Because and not due to us, like we we are B two B business to business, and those businesses shut down. Many people didn't actually shut down due to being on hard times. Many just retired because it's, it's been so long. So, um, like those are you know largely our portfolio nowadays is irrelevant, and that would happen to me on a personal level, type thing. Okay, this is interesting, but it w- it wouldn't take you that long to build three decent portfolio projects that are more relevant for today, is right. what I'm saying. Right. And that's what I think, like, as soon as you lose a job, I've seen this happen again. I've seen this happen many times. You just dive into like, hey, I'm going to do build something interesting for myself. Right. That is going to be relevant to the next job that I want. Well, I guess I I guess my main I guess my main concern in this particular case, like the relevancy is absolutely totally a good point. But my my main concern or question is, is the website too general at that point? Because I do know a lot of people and like we know people as well that let's say went to college for, you know, X, but they're doing a, you know, doing job a, but they're still hobbying in X, for example, right? They're still hobbying in, in whatever it is. And a, a classic example between Mike and I is that we used to deal with a lot of hardware and obviously software as well. We're largely software now because it's websites, but, you know, there's still like Mike and I have like had discussions over like, hey, you know what? Maybe one day we should get one of those little trainer boards, which are like circuit boards that you mess around with hardware and we should play with them, you know, make some Christmas lights flash or whatever, just to see. And maybe that would be a cool little bit of content that would, you know, mix it up on our channels a bit, maybe control it from a website or something. And that's sort of like the melding of minds. And that was sort of the idea between like the Matt hub, if you will, it's because like, Oh, those, like those photos could be used on web development, but they don't have to be. And so I was just sort of more concerned about is the site's content direction too general for a recruiter I think the answer to that effectively, like now that we've gone through it, is yes, but it's okay if there's filters, more or less. Yeah. Question number three. You are assigned an indefinite amount of paid hours to make a site of any kind. That includes web app. And if you really want to do mobile app, I'll allow that, I suppose. (laughs) The only goal is that the site needs to be the most profitable that it can be now this is within your knowledge base we're not touching every single thing like obviously you and i have not worked in every single industry so with that in mind you need to make something that is the most profitable that it can be out of your knowledge base you do not need to worry about personal money you are being paid a fair wage throughout the entire project the entire time what are you going to build 
and with what stack? Now, originally I wrote this question so that it was pretty much the same, but it was as profitable as possible within the shortest amount of time. But I got rid of that because that's going to, I think, really skew the answer because sometimes the long game will actually make you a lot, a lot, a lot more. And so investing five years in something versus 30 days, the five years is obviously a lot longer than 30 days, but the amount of money you'll make after that is much more. So what do you think, Mike? Indefinite amount of money, you choose the project, but it has to be the most profitable that you are aware of right now and you have unlimited time to build it. And what stack, actually? I forgot to mention that part. What stack are you going to use? Holy. Um, okay. So this is an interesting one. So I'm getting paid during the process of this. Yes. Like some, like, like, like a think about, think about it almost like a, I don't know, philanthropist maybe, or a, a huge billion dollar company or a billionaire comes to you and says, I am looking to invest in somebody. I'm going to pay you hundred dollars an hour. Let's assume that's a fair wage, hundred dollars an hour for the sake of an audio show. Here's a hundred bucks. It's after tax. That's what you get paid. I want you to make me something that I'm going to like as an investment in an indefinite amount of time. I will continue paying you a hundred dollars post tax throughout the entire process. It doesn't matter how long it takes. And keep in mind, I don't want you to be like, Oh, I'll just do that for my whole life since it's indefinite. And then like, you know, I'll exploit it. Like, the project has to be complete. Let's just say, you know, for the sake of the, the fun of the question, let's not get into the financials of it. <laughs> Damn. Um, okay. So this one, see, like idea generation for me is actually really tough. So it's going to, I'm going to think of something basic and that's the problem here, but I think it could generate some money because it's already kind of proven to generate some money. So I think a personal course website where I would create, I don't know, four or five courses that will take someone from nothing to a hireable developer in the web development sphere. Okay. So that's my, that's my domain that that's, that's my like interest and knowledge domain. Um, I've done similar things in the past before, so I'm confident that I could probably accomplish that within a significant, like it would be a significant amount of time because like creating five or six courses is not easy, but I feel like I could do it. And then I also have the knowledge base to market that as I'm creating it and release it in, in phases. So it's just, I feel confident that I could do it. It's a little bit basic um, because there's already a lot of competition out there. But again, because of where we're at right now in, in the industry uh, and where where we have frustration, like Matt and I have frustration in the education space in general for developers, it not being more hand, like not being allowed to be more handholdy. I would probably create something like that and maybe have it so that it's pretty dynamic to a person's knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I'll explain that. Like when someone goes in and starts working on prod, like working in the course platform, I would have some sort of assessment algorithm or an AI evaluate their knowledge base as they're going through that first course. And as it's evaluated, I would hide or show different aspects of the, of the course coming up. So instead of like, if they've already set up NPM, I wouldn't show that in every single one of the courses because I know that they have already accomplished that, but I would have that as an option 
if that's something that they're struggled with or that's not something that they haven't proved to have set up. Right. Because right. if someone starts in like the second course or the third course, but they haven't set up the, the basic concepts, I would probably I would probably still sh- uh, have an option to show them how to do that just so that we have that wide, wide breadth of who can take any of these courses, but also the ability to not be mundanely overwhelmed by stuff that you should already know. So some sort of algorithm, some sort of AI thing that would detect your knowledge level, show you the content relevant to your knowledge level from the courses that are created, and then have a, an ability to take you to that next step of like being ready for hiring. And I would create that using probably SvelteKit because that's that's what I do. Uh, SvelteKit with like a cloud database like PlanetScale. Uh, authentication, I would probably use something like Lucia Auth, let's say. I would use a, some sort of image storage, video storage, maybe Mux for video playback. Um, yeah, what else? What else? Vercel for hosting. Uh, probably some caching and stuff like that on top of Vercel. Vercel has a bunch of stuff that I would use for all the continuous integration stuff. For all the development environments and the testing environments, that would be all Vercel. So yeah, I think I, I think I have a solid, a solid like idea, a solid grasp to make the most money, and then I would obviously like have some sort of free tier that would get as many users as possible, and then have a paid tier, and that's how I would make money. Digital product. I find this question to be actually super, super, super interesting because. Like you went into, you know, right into the web development sphere. And this highlights, you know, sort of the difference between you and I, because I immediately when I when I wrote this question, actually immediately started talking about content. And obviously you talked about content as well. But like, I'm not even worried about, you know, Vercel or any of that stuff, even though I should be, you know, and I'm worried about like what's my hosting platform? What's this? What's that necessarily? The very first thing I think having run like the HTML, the things blog and other people's helping other people with their blogs as well and content recently is I immediately went to content. So obviously your site is, I would say more of like, I'm I'm just going to sum it up, but it'd be like sort of um, a a developer roadmap, but like it's a product around that type of thing, right? Where you're like, you're guiding them and you're trying to guide them, you know, without a bunch of superfluous things like the NPM, like you mentioned, you don't need to keep mentioning what is NPM and how do you install it? And what's that? And what's, you know, so it's like a guided sort of developer roadmap and you're guided via a web app slash website for me. I actually thought of marketing first. So this is like a kind of a prime difference between you and I, and we can kind of debate this. The very first thing I thought of was, okay, what is something that a lot of people are into? And a lot of people are into entertainment. Okay. What is entertainment? Okay. What is entertainment? What areas does it fall under? Well, there's a, there's a heck of a lot. There's outdoorsmen. um, There's, you know, for fishing and hunting and all that kind of stuff. There's obviously watching movies, there's playing video games, there's uh, other hobbies like golf, there's, you know, and various sports as well, of course, those type of things, football and hockey and all the rest of that, all the rest of that type of stuff. There's woodworking. There's like this big list of stuff. But the first thing I thought of was, okay, everyone for the most part participates in digital something, right? Which is they will watch movies they will sometimes play video games and those type of things and i'm thinking okay so there's a lot of sites that do this already 
and it's going to be hard to break into. But si- since I'm being paid and it's, I have an indefinite you know, timeline, wouldn't the value of breaking into such a market and becoming an authority in such a market be, I want to say priceless. I don't know if that's being too much, but wouldn't that be one heck of a thing? Like you become the next IGN or the next N gadget or something like that. And you can just like grind away at doing it. Now, of course, there's no guarantee at this of you becoming one of these authorities. But the, the first thing I thought of was, okay, what content do we need? We need blog posts. Do we need YouTube videos? You know, where do we focus? And I find that super interesting that, like that was the difference in our thoughts was I'm, I'm thinking all about, okay, where do we do? Like, what do we write to get the Google keywords? What, you know, um, what content do we have? Do we need to have short form content? Do we need to have YouTube videos? Do we need to have, you know, chapter markers in there? Those type of things. Like, what do we need in order to get more eyes on this? And like, what is the pool? Because my thought was, if we go and we target web developers, it's too, it's too small of a niche. Now t- targeting a niche is great when you want to in a realistic timeline grow because you're going to you know have a little community you're able to be seen in that niche um whereas like if you'd started like a little movie production company there's so many movie production companies and they're so big that you would be hard pressed to be sort of discovered if you will and so with the indefinite time though and the indefinite payment now it's sort of like this is the way to, this is the time to, to try and breach into this. It was my thought. This is the time to become the next IGN, which would include a website, a blog, right? Where you're writing about, I mean, IGN writes about science and stuff, but you'd write about movies, you'd write about video games, you'd write about comic books, whatever, all that type of stuff. You'd have YouTube videos on it where appropriate. And then I would hit actually, I wouldn't even hit the YouTube game hard in terms of long term, long form content. I would hit the shorts game like crazy memes, like crazy, uh, constant like you know mini reviews or mini pieces of content or unboxings that are done in short form for youtube shorts for tiktok for reels that is the first that the that's sort of the the site that i thought of where is this going to be built it doesn't matter it could be built on wordpress we could get someone to code it for us i could code it for us it doesn't really matter i just need a blog platform because i care about the content because if the content's doing well enough to say outrun a basic WordPress self-hosted experience. It's I'm making enough money at that point, hopefully with ads and with uh, brand deals and affiliate marketing, I'm making enough money at that point that I could just get someone to make me another website and someone to get me another website. And so the tech falls by the wayside and to kind of like contrast this with Mike and I, and you can like obviously comment on this, Mike, how, we would how we deal with budgets with clients is that when the when the client's budget is super small the tech plays a huge role because they don't necessarily have the budget for just basic licenses and so you have to be really methodical on like okay we're going to use this tool this is open source this is free this is only 20 a month okay we're going to cut this feature down because you know x feature you wanted is actually 30 a month in licensing so we'll cut that down and you have to be like really into the tech whereas when you have the indefinite whatever it's like are humans capable of making uh you know a blog and you know having like a lot of traffic hit it yes okay i don't care about the tech now i'm just gonna i'm just gonna fly let's get the content the content is king and so i like this contrast i don't know about you mike like i like the (laughs) i like this difference because i just i I didn't know what to expect with this question to be honest 
This one's a tough one. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not a, I'm not too much of an idea person. I can solve a problem and I can suggest ideas to solve a problem. But to give me a, a from scratch, like blank slate is tough for me. Like, I, I always struggled there. Um, so it's good to have an idea person. Like your product really could be like the next if it was real, like a, like the next free code camp or something. Like, I'm not sure, saying it would yeah. be it would be small. Like, it's, a, yeah. you know, like it's it's a good like you and I have a good contrast there yes. where, where it's like. I'm thinking about content first and marketing now nowadays because yeah. like I'm, I'm into it and you're thinking of the tech. And so like, you'll ground me in the tech a mm-hmm. little bit more. Right. And then like, I'll ground you in the content and we both have experience yep. in both. So it's like, it's, it's a, a good, good balance. It's a good balance. Like it's, yeah, it's the, the way it is. Yep. Now, before I move on to the next question, I have a, I suppose we can call it a Christmas update on myself. So over the Christmas holidays, or I guess before the Christmas holidays, and we've probably already talked about it maybe once before this even, but uh, I started drinking Magic Mind alongside my coffee in the morning. And I cut my coffee down from three coffees in the morning to two plus a Magic Mind. Um, and I took a big step that I haven't implemented yet, and I'll explain why, because it's because of Christmas. But I took a big step, and that was I actually purchased... Uh, decaf coffee. I purchased decaf coffee. I've tried it a couple of times because uh, some of my family, they say like, you know, decaf might give you a headache. So I tried a brand that was recommended to me by a friend. And this is a big step for me because uh, I'm not going to change completely over to decaf. Like, let's be, you know, let's be serious, at least not in the, not in anytime soon. But I am trying to curb my caffeine addiction, if you will, or my need to drink coffee with some decaf and i have successfully over the holidays had a couple of decafs in the evening when i'm like man i could deal with a coffee but it's 9 p.m 10 p.m or something like that and i don't actually need to stay awake i don't actually need the caffeine kick but i have the craving i'll have this and it's just instant coffee i'll have this instant coffee because when i in the morning when i have my coffee like a regular caffeinated coffee plus when I have my magic mind, I'm good for the majority of the day. I have one or two coffees and then that's good. Now, disaster struck, unfortunately. Christmas break, I took about a week off, maybe a little less than a week, whatever, because it was a little wonky. The holidays fell on Mondays. But anyway, I didn't drink any magic mind. I overdrank coffee. I went nuts because it's like, I'm just going to drink what I want. I want to eat what I want. I want to feel like crap. I'm going to eat cookies and candies and everything else, right? And I tried this decaf coffee here and there just to like make sure it didn't give me a headache or anything like that. And I that that that's my experience this thing. So like just just like right now, I'm getting back into it. I'm on the the the, the two coffees plus the magic mind, and now I'm going to try and maybe even replace that second morning coffee with some decaf coffee because like i said i'm i'm more alert i'm able to stay awake with just the two coffees plus the magic mind now magic mind of course has some great ingredients in it such as matcha which i see which i see recommended all over the place right i don't know maybe don't see recommended but i see all over the place the fancy coffee shops have it of course i see it in their drink so we have matcha we have this we have that and matcha contains way less caffeine than coffee And so this is probably one of the reasons why I'm getting such a kind of like boost from my magic mind without having to drink yet another coffee. And over the holidays, I have had a couple conversations with friends and family where 
they'll, you know, they'll talk about how they're drinking coffee like crazy or they're really tired or whatever. And if any of them had asked me, cause I'm not going to be, you know, uh, I'm not going to be like a walking advertisement in my Christmas party. But if anyone had asked me, I would recommend magic wine to them and say, Hey, give this thing a try. It's helped me cut my coffee down. And almost as a new year's resolution, maybe I can get the coffee c- consumption down to just a singular coffee in the morning, plus a magic mind. And then maybe just for the taste, a decaf coffee, and we'll see how that goes. And if you, the listener, are interested in trying Magic Mind to maybe take with your coffee in the morning, just like I have, this January, there is a special promotion. You can crush your 2024 New Year's resolutions and be fully focused while you do it. You get one free month when you're subscribing for three months at magicmind.com slash Jan HTML. And remember to use our discount code for up to 75% off your order. Our code is HTML20. And if you're listening to this way in the future and you missed out on the January promotion, don't worry. Our code will still be valid for up to 20% off one-time purchases. Go check that out. Pretty solid. I kind of love matcha, so I need to try this. (laughs) I've never had just like a matcha beverage before, to be honest. Like I know that there's like the fancy coffee shops around, the matcha lattes and stuff like that. And it's always like, oh, it's, you know... It's green. Like, why would I, why would I do that? It's so good. But I mean, maybe I'll try it because magic mind's green and I do enjoy magic mind. So maybe we'll, we'll see. Maybe I'll end up trying that. (laughs) Watch. I'll check in in a few weeks and I'm like, I'm just, I just drink matcha now. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're just a matcha man. I'm just a matcha matcha man. Matcha man, Randy Savage right there. (laughs) I do have. And have worn several times now a Macho Man Randy Savage outfit that is completely red. I would have to change it all to green. Green. Macho Man. Macho Man's are coming. Ooh, yeah. But (laughs) that's ridiculous. Mike is laughing off camera there. But anyway, (laughs) on to the fourth question here. You are a new developer, Mike. It's 2024 and you're undecided on a path forward. So you don't know if you want to be freelancer. You don't know if you want to make a project like, you know, a side hustle. You don't know if you want to get a job. Let's just say there's no, you know, no mo- money is no object right now in this particular case. Which path in 2024, you know, with the current marketing conditions and whatever, would you choose and why? Okay. Um, good question. Good question. I would go down the path of learning Next.js. Mentioned it many times. I would, I would learn some basics first, like we always mention HTML, CSS, JavaScript, but I would then quickly shift over to the thing that's in demand right now, which is Next.js. I would probably go lean towards the full stack route because money is no object. I can take that time a little bit to learn the backend side of Next as well as the frontend side of Next so that I have a better balance. And I would build projects and I would take courses and I would create the portfolio and I would kind of do what we've been talking about in this episode and previous episodes where you just kind of obsessively start going down the path of what the most popular thing is to get you a job. I would also be at the same time as building those projects and creating and getting the knowledge, I would be sharing about it. I would be teaching others. I would be part of communities, some developer communities, either Twitter or Discord, whatever. I would be trying to network my way in because the reality is right now, that's the best way to get a job. 
it was always the best way, but this really is the best way to get the job right now is that is that network. If you can prove to your network of potentially already hired engineers that you are good, they're going to vouch for you when someone pop when a, a position pops up because no one everyone wants to bring someone in that they've already vibe with, if that makes sense. Rather than risk it like, you know, spin spin the uh spin the chamber on someone that could potentially be toxic to the team or could just be someone that's useless or someone that is just not like doesn't doesn't fit with the team's workflow or whatever right so if they've already worked with you on like a hackathon or they've just seen you in the discord solving people's problems they're more likely to reach out to you or give you that chance of like interviewing with their company because they already trust you building that trust initially is going to make you 10 times more hireable than just randomly applying to all the Indeed job postings or the LinkedIn job postings that are out there. I'm not saying I wouldn't apply to those job postings. I would still apply, but I would kind of manage my days in ways that like, okay, maybe in my high energy time, I'm going to you know spend an hour a day or two hours a day applying because you got to fill out the applications and stuff like that. But the rest of the time, I'm going to split that up between stuff like building the portfolio projects, learning and going through courses, whatever it needs to do, and also networking. So I would split my time. I don't know, maybe not evenly, but I would probably base it on the energy that I have at the moment. Like, hey, I have social energy network. I have kind of focus energy learn. I have a creation energy build. So like I would just base it on what I'm feeling. And go towards those tasks that I'm feeling. Because if you go towards just grinding eight-hour days of applying, and people do that. People do spend eight hours a day just filling out applications and applying to jobs. They're treated like a full-time job, which, I mean, some people recommend. You're going to burn out of the application process, let alone getting the job. And your applications are also going to just be very generic because you're going to just be like like zoned out, just typing in random things because you just want to get past it. You know what I mean? So I I highly recommend while you're in that process to balance it with other stuff that's going to help you. Like it's still a full-time job technically to get there, but balance it with the stuff that like some, some stuff that you like, some stuff that you don't and based on your energy levels, fill it in. So even though there's no, you know, objects, you know, like money is no object rather you, you would still recommend you go for the, for the job and not just like kick off freelancing or like try to make your own website. Like that's the preferred path. Now, would you say that's necessarily Mm -hmm. due to like, is that due to money security? Is that personal opinion? Like, what do you think on that? See, I thought that I thought the money was no object during the searching process. Not like I was infinitely rich or like wealthy enough to not care about the money in the next phase. Okay. Well, I mean, that's still a good, that's still a good point though, is like, you know, if money is an object at any point, you know, getting a job is is probably the most effective way. Yes, statistically, I guess. To I estimate, I don't actually have those stats, but uh, to you know, just sort of secure, like, hey, I'm going to work for this person. They're going to pay me this much. Okay, good. But like, if money is no object throughout the entire procedure, what is your preferred based? I guess solely on your personal preference. Oh, I would definitely just probably create like I like I mentioned in the last question. I would create courses. I would learn the shit out of Svelte and Svelte Kit even more than I know now. 
and I would create killer courses and killer court like content and material. And I would create a, a site that would, that we could, that could host that in exactly the way that I wanted to host. So I would teach, I would probably teach digitally. Like I would, I, I wouldn't teach like in a classroom, but I would teach through content. If that makes sense. If I, if money was no object and I could do this infinitely. Yeah. That's, that's the route I would go right now. Cause so the I had, learning I had and a the lot teaching. of fun making the course. Yeah. I had a lot of fun making this well for beginners course and I'm going to make, I'm going to update the course shortly. Stay tuned. I'll, I'll provide updates on the podcast, but that is something that's on my 2024 to-do list. Uh, so that's going to be fun. And like, I just, that, that grind that I did for like that six weeks or two months, I can't remember how long it was now was probably the most fun I've had in the industry. So that's why I'm leaning towards that route. Okay. So like the, like you learning new things and then passing on that knowledge is sort of like, I guess this question is more about like a passion project. Like what do you want to see? Like, or what do you want to do kind of thing? Yeah. If money was no object, exactly. In, in, in the, the industry, right? Like that's, that's the limitation I'm assuming. Like I wouldn't, I guess if, if the industry doesn't matter, then I would, I don't know, maybe make games. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I haven't really thought about that, but like probably go into game dev, make my own game. The thing I guess with game dev is like, I mean, there's, it's, I mean, it's not easy. <laughs> no, not. you know what I mean? And so like to get situated in it and like, you know, making games always sounds great. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm, you know, I've been working in video games now, but it's yeah. like, yeah, you're working in video games. You're not playing them, you know? And so it's a, it's a much different scenario and it varies studio to studio, of course, just like anything else. But for me, I don't know um, on this question for my answer, uh, you know, as a new developer, with the market conditions, it's like, okay, well, getting a job might be a little bit hard. I know people keep saying that 2024 is going to pop off. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an economist. So, like, I mean, if it pops off, then maybe that would be, you know, the way to start. Uh, freelancing's cool, but freelancing, you are dealing with a social aspect. And that's, like, something that Mike and I struggle with to an extent where it's, like, sometimes people are just super, super demanding and they and they think everything costs, like, 100 bucks. And it's, like, well, hey, like. You know, after taxes and everything, I'm taking home like 15 of this, uh, you know, after logistics and everything. And it's like, well, you know, but like, you know, it's hundred bucks, like hundred bucks is a lot, right? It's like, nah, it, it isn't, <laughs> it's really not. Um, so there's that whole thing. So I'm just not sure, like making a project sounds cool. Like maybe if I were to choose, you know, sort of, you know, the, the right project and you know, money's no object at this point in this question. So maybe it would be like, okay, you know, I'll choose a cool project to do and I'll build something out, you know, maybe I'll build an API, I'll build a SaaS, or I'll build something that is going to like allow me to generate some money. Um, I don't think I would go e-commerce because shipping sounds really challenging and stuff like that. But I feel like a digital product, um, I almost would lean, honestly, uh, just personally, I would almost lean toward a mobile app just because I've always wanted to try it. But like as a brand new developer, um, kind of putting myself in those shoes, I might just try to make a cool project and that would teach me, you know, some real world skills, but it would also teach me a bit of e-commerce stuff. And then that would sort of start my path and whether I continue down that path and continue improving the project or whether it gets shut down and I go get a job or freelance. I think that's kind of where I would be at. And final question, question number five, this is almost philosophical in a way, if you will. You decide to think ahead to the end of your career and how others will reflect on all that you've done 
professionally. How do you want them to summarize your doings and why? Ooh, yeah, that is pretty philosophical. <laughs> uh, I used, he used sick tech, built cool, built, uh, he used sick tech, built fast and decent platforms and helped propagate and teach um, basic and advanced concepts, I guess. It seems kind of generic, but I'll explain a little bit. Um, essentially, I want to be in a position where I'm always using the tech that I want to use. So sick tech, essentially right now it's Svelte and Svelte kit. That's not, I'm not saying that I'm going to be using that forever. That's why I didn't mention any of that in, in my statement because, you know, two years from now, maybe something comes out that's better than Svelte. And I would love to then get, go to the position of being able to use that for whatever projects that I'm working on. So I've put myself in a place where like, if I'm working, I'm doing it as a team lead, tech lead where I can choose the technology that I'm working with, right? Like a lot of what we've built uh, in terms of our audience and our skills is around like the networking aspect and finding the right positions for us and finding the right opportunities. So we're allowed, I'm able to do that, right? So I'm hopefully I can, I can continue to accomplish that build, like use sick tech, um, building fast and decent platforms, uh, that's a more complicated one. But I think I'm of the sense where like perfect is the enemy of good. So I like to build and create some sort of projects, whatever is assigned to me quickly to the point where I can get it to an, uh, the people, the stakeholders that are that I'm building it for get the feedback that I can and then make it better. That's my ethos. That's my philosophy in terms of building stuff. So when I build something, I want it to be great, but I'm not aiming for perfection on anything that I'm building because if I aim for perfection, I'm not going to get there. That's just how I am. So that's probably where I'm going to end up with, <laughs> with my like platforms that I build or my applications or websites. They're going to be decent. They're going to be pretty good. And they're going to be built really quickly. And I'm, they're always going to be iterated on, right? That That's the, the mindset. Um, and then obviously the teaching aspect, like whatever I learn about the sick tech that I'm using, I want to pass on the relevant information to the people that are going to be learning from like, you know, following my footsteps or learning after I learn it. So creating this podcast and creating courses and creating YouTube videos and tutorials and blog posts, all that is probably going to be part of my legacy. Uh, so that's that last part. I don't know if that broke it down enough, Matt. No, I, I think it did for sure. Like, you know, you're what, what I find interesting and like you and I are kind of like-minded in this, I think is that we're looking to be reflected on upon personally and not as like, Oh, he worked at, you know, whatever. Cause you know how, like when you yeah. talk about somebody else and like, there's nothing wrong with this, but you talk about somebody, they'll be like, Oh, they worked at like Stelco, 
And that's the end of it. Like, that's kind of like the, they worked at, like he lived at, like he worked at Stalco, he had two kids and then he got married. <laughs> like, and then that's kind of it. And it's like, that's, that's fine. Like, that's totally, that's totally reasonable. I'm not saying that's bad, but like, personally, that's not really what I would want out of a career. If that makes sense. You know, it's just sort of like, okay, cool. You know, whatever. But, um, no, it, I, I, I think your, your thing makes sense. I do also, again, find it like super interesting that like you, you're in like, you're in the dev space. You know what I mean? And I kind of feel like, like from the answers that I've gotten on this one, but also multiple other ones and like, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I think that you identify as a web dev, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like even in your yeah. off time, if that makes, if that is clear. I, I'm in, I'm at the point where like, I feel like I'm boring outside of this space, right? Like I, I, because of the podcast and because of all the other outside stuff that I do outside of my like contract work, which is full time, I just don't have time to like expand my horizons enough that I'm just I feel I'm obsessed, quote unquote, air quotes with web development. Right. Because that's where like that's where that's where we're moving. That's where we're making a living. That's where our future is right now. It's not going to be the case forever. Like I'm probably going to like as everything kind of balances out and I'll probably like shift to more hobbies and stuff like that. But my hobby right now is like web development (laughs) and I work in web development Um, and I'm okay with that right now. Like it's perfectly fine. I'm not burnt out. I I feel great about it, but that's the reality is like, that's my world. So I'm boring outside of it. So when people talk to me about anything else, I'm like, sure. Hockey's good. Like I watch like one game a year or something or a couple games a year now, like, Great. Like I have a kid, so that there's my time. I have a wife, there's my time, and then web development. That's it. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, see it's, it like I find that interesting that like because like we've had this discussion before, right? Where like sometimes when you're when you're outside of work, and this is like depending on the, each person, some people will identify as that thing. So you like you're identifying as like a web developer and like I don't really know what I am, but like I don't I don't feel like a web developer outside of work. It's like I do web development to make money and you know, I enjoy tech and stuff like that. So of course I'm not saying I I dislike the industry, but I also go like, well, like I'm like, you know, when you know five o'clock hits or whatever, like I'm gone. Like I'm gonna go play some video games, I'm gonna go play some golf. Like I do like a lot of random hobbies. I have another podcast, those type of things. So it's just like a different, you know, kind of perspective. Um, to answer the question, I guess myself is like I bounce around a lot. Like I have a lot of time things. So it's like, you know, you're saying like, you know, I'm obsessed with web development. That's what I learn. Uh, I like am like a jack of all trades. I learn a little bit of golf, a little bit of gaming, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little of this, or like some kind of all over the place, um, you know, which may be good or may be bad. I don't know. Um, but, you know, in terms of a career, I have this weird obsession with like I used to, and I've talked about this before. We used to work, used to work at Blackberry and I really was addicted to the idea that I was working in a place in which the news was talking about it. Like if they would talk about stuff and I'd be like, oh, they got that wrong. Like I'm th- I was there. Like, I, I know they got that wrong or, oh my God, like I heard about this, you know, internally. And now I'm hearing about it on the news and I'm, and I'm not saying I want to be on the news. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I, what I think it is, is I want to do something with an impact is what it is where I want to leave an impact in some way. Now it doesn't have to be, you know, a charitable reason. It doesn't have to be a monetary reason. I feel like I want to make an impact on something. And I see this pattern recurring because, you know, I get into golf and I'm very amateurish. I'm, you know, the furthest thing from a good golfer. But then, like, I immediately start thinking of ways to improve 
you know, the gadgets of the sport. Cause I'm into, you know, gadgets and tech where I'll be like, Oh, maybe I can make a website that does this and I could do this and I could try this and maybe a new like golf news site. And, and so like, I always kind of find myself crawling back to making an impact. It's like, I'm into gaming. Oh, I have a gaming podcast, you know, and I'm not necessarily going to be the best podcaster. I'm not going to necessarily be the best golfer or anything like that. Like that's not what I'm chasing. What I'm ultimately chasing is I'm chasing this the desire to have an impact in it. Right. And so like, I think that that is how I would like to like have other people reflect on the career is like, Oh, you know, I'm again, that's, this is not what happened. This is just me making it up. Let's say I made clip champ and clip champ was like, you know, a good tool doesn't have to be the number one tool for like making gaming clips. I've made an impact on the gaming space. So then people will be like, Oh, Matt Lawrence made that or like Matt, Matt, you know, Matt put that together type thing. Or Matt was involved with that. I think is where I'm at. And so like, I think this is why I always struggle so much with like completing a side project or portfolio project or even like full stack struggles. It's like another part of the struggles that I may bring up in the next uh, like edition of it is because I'm, I'm working on something to like raise my web development skills, but then I don't see like an end game on the impact. If that makes sense. Whereas when I'm working for a client, it's like, Oh, I need money. So like, I'll work for this client. They'll pay me this much per hour or whatever the, the agreed to rate is. And then I get that money. But when it's like, Hey, just like, like further your web development skills. I'm like, yeah, but to what end? And like, I need the end. Cause I don't identify as the web developer outside of work. I identify as just like Matt, if that makes sense. And, um, I don't know if that's weird or cheesy or something, but that's the way it is. Like I, th- having like thought about this, cause like I wrote these questions obviously over the break, over the Christmas break, like having thought of it, it's like, that's what I'm ultimately chasing. You know, I don't need to make the next Facebook, but if I was like involved, like, uh, like something as simple as like, if I was involved, like Mike and I had an opportunity at one point, um, a potential opportunity we talked about, we didn't end up doing it. Where like, there was a major mod that was coming up from one of my favorite video games. And like, they were in desperate need of a place to host a site. I was like, man, we could reach out to them and someone else did before us. And that's totally fine. But we could reach out to them and just like, we could pay, like we could just, front the bill and from a business perspective like mike was right like we were in between contracts and it's like why would we inherit that debt like that's a you know it's you know capitalistic but it's their problem right like they're gonna have to just figure it out it's not gonna be the end of the world it's not gonna be a million dollars but i'm thinking oh no we could support them and then i'm involved with this huge like this huge mod project so like i'm looking for i'm fishing for the impact i don't know if that's cheesy or vain or i don't know but yeah, I, th- I think that the thing is, like, you are making an impact even currently right now. Like, we've had many people reach out to us on the from the podcast point of view. Right. That are saying that, hey, like, I listened to this during my time of looking for a job and it helped me get a job. Mm-hmm. Like, we've had, you know, a significant amount of people reach out to us with that kind of mindset. So you're making an impact, at least on a personal level, to a lot of people in the web development space. I think you're... The, your thought process is like you want to make an impact in your other parts of your life as well. Like right? my like interests, right? My, your interests, like, yeah, like golf or uh, gaming or whatever else. Like you want to be part of that in of that zeitgeist as well, right? So and that, I don't think that's cheesy. I think that's cool. Like it, making an impact is, I think, a really good motivation in life. And that's something that motivates me as well. It's like I want to be part of – the industry like like i mean for because i'm obsessed with web development that's the impact that i want to make right right um currently but like it, it would be the same thing like if i was obsessed with hockey or something like that i would want to make an impact 
in hockey, whether it's by playing or coaching or managing or whatever, being an agent, like it doesn't matter. But I think it's that whatever your interest is, that's what you're trying to make an impact in, which is fine. Like that's good. Yeah, I would I would say that that that's right. Is like it just to me, it just that's what I'm fishing for. And I kind of like discovered that this year where it was like, oh, I'm not because I always felt like I would always push it away. I was always like, oh, you know, it's it's like a natural inclination to be like, oh, I'll be the next Facebook. Not that I want to be Facebook, but you know what I mean? Oh, Mm -hmm. I'm in I'm into social media. I want to be the next Facebook. And then I was thinking to myself, like, I'm not trying to be like that, though. You know, like, what am I fishing for? It's like, I'm fishing for, like, localized impact, you know? If I was, like, the person that, like, saved the local historic building because I liked the look of it on the street, I'd be like, that's some impact. Like, I did that, mm-hmm. you know? And that would be something that, like, oh, Matt did that. A little, little check mark. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's foolish, but that's that's my that's my thoughts. That's my, that's my answer to that philosophical web development question. <laughs> or career-based, I guess, question. Love it. But that's it. That concludes this episode. Uh, I just realized because I'm not using the normal thing, I don't have my Patreon list. So, Mike, entertain the people with, I don't know, some elevator music or something while I try to use the new layout of Google Drive. I hate elevator music, so I'm not going to do that to everyone. Um, I'll entertain you with my musings on uh, games that I'm playing. They play Diablo 4 and. Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles Morales, both awesome games, playing them on PC. Create like Miles Morales actually is a crazy technological game. Like I, I know Spider-Man Two is out and it's probably even crazier, but like holy crap, the swinging around New York in the winter feel amazing. So like, it's a great game, but technology around it is even crazier in my opinion. I think this is like I mean I just built a new PC that is you know gaming capable obviously and. I feel like I built it at like the just the right time. Like we're starting yeah. to get you like bigger crowds, more crazy tech, um, you know, things like that. And obviously the consoles are, you know, obviously doing things in their own right as well. But like I've been playing the Avatar game, Frontiers of Pandora, and I am not an Avatar fan, but holy crap, does that game look good? And I mean, I'm playing at 1080p right now. I did order a screen. It's just coming in, but I'm playing at 1080p and like it looks really great. But the crazy thing is you can fly up in the air and then come back down and the forest is already like more detailed than I thought was really, you know, possible with half decent performance. My fans are barely spinning up and I'm able to go up way up in the air, see a massive view distance and come back down and see the minute details on the ground to inspect where I need to go over and over again. And it doesn't like go to a loading screen or anything. <clears throat> Starfield. It doesn't go to a loading <laughs> screen or anything like that. It just does it. It just does it. And it's, I don't know, that's crazy. So I think we're in this like crazy era where games are finally starting to, as we've seen with the consoles and now on PC, starting to take advantage of quick loading with SSDs to the point where it's like, hey, now we're able to do things a little bit differently, (laughs) Starfield. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's my bit bit of filler because I do have the Patreon notes up i had to go digging i don't know about you mike but i do not like that new google drive home screen i always think Mm -hmm. that i'm looking at my drive but instead i'm looking at i presume an algorithmic look and i'm always like where the heck did all my documents go i don't like it anyway remember that we are on patreon if you want to support the show that's patreon.com slash html all things and many thanks to our three dollar tier patrons Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on blueblackdigital.com. Tim from the Web Hacker on the webhacker.com. Jason from Geek Life Radio via geeklife Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca. 
Hang this from YesWeb via YesWeb.se. Jeff from Twitter via at the Jeff McHale. Fire Ant Season via FireAntSeason.com. Gunner Burnett via GunnerBurnett.com. Watoto Coding via WatotoCoding.com. Garrett Segal. And Level Up Financial Planning via www.levelupfinancialplanning.com. We also would like to give a shout out to a contributing author, Michael Araka. He's a contributing author on HTML, allthethings.com. You can check out his works every two weeks or so on there. He is also the author of the Self-Taught, the X-Generation blog at selftaughttxg.com. So you can go check that out as well. And remember, we also do have a Scrimba link. If you want to go check that out, that'll be in the show description and on HTML, allthethings.com within the show notes. Feel free to leave a comment or review in the platform you're listening to this on. And this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media. On Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things, signing off.